Today's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord, please be seated. Great words there from the Apostle Paul in that book of Romans. I'm Pastor Mark Juliet, missions pastor here at Alleluia. If you're visiting with us, thank you so much for your presence today. Um, and we're, we're glad that uh, you all are with us here today. We are in a series called God's Love Is... Dot, 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 fill in the blank. And we are filling in that blank as we go through this, this series. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about how God's love is steadfast and introduced the, the series by talking about these different words... And not just words, but different types of love that there are. And we looked at some of those Greek words. Where else can you come on a Sunday morning and learn Greek but in, uh, in a worship service? Here at Aliyah, and here they are. Uh, we have eros on the right there. That is physical love. Uh, Pastor Tim talked about storge, uh, which is uh, uh, family love, familial love. Philia, which is friendship love. And then agape which is divine love, God's love. And that's what we're talking about in this series, God's love, and, and talking about the characteristics, the aspects of that love. This week, we talk about how God's love is abundant. Has anybody ever traveled up to the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan? Let's see a show of hands. All right, fair amount of you. The UP is incredible, gorgeous. There are forests, there are mountains, in air quotes. I mean, you know, by Midwest standards, let's just say they're really high points where you can see various stuff. Uh, here my wife and I uh, are at one of those high points, Sugarloaf Mountain, overlooking that's uh, Lake Superior behind us in Marquette, Michigan, there in the background. Uh, there are lots of places to hike, there are these incredible uh, cliffs along Lake Superior. You have the Great Lakes there, Lake Superior, that runs all along the north uh, of the UP of Michigan. And these cliffs are hundreds of feet tall, various rock strata that are in there. Some of it is harder rock, some of it is softer rock, and so some of it is weathered away, leaving the harder rock, the softer rock 
has weathered away underneath, leaving the harder rock on top. There are places where there are arches carved out. It's incredible, incredible beauty and the different minerals that are there and the different colorations in the strata. It's, it's just incredible. And another thing that there are a lot of are waterfalls. <clears throat> some of them you have to hike to. Some of them are inland. Some of them are uh, spilling out right into Lake Superior, like this one called Splash Falls. There's another one that's called Bridal Veil Falls. And you can see in this picture why. When there's a lot of rain, a lot of water running down, it spills out over the, the side of the rock there, plummets down hundred uh, feet into the lake below, and as it spills out, you have this what looks like a bridal veil. And when there's times of abundant rain or snow melt, times where there's plentiful water, this looks incredible like that. But then there's other times when it kind of dries up and there hasn't been a lot of rain or a lot of snow melt. And then it slows down to just almost a trickle. And this is about what it was like, maybe a little bit more, but this is about what it was like when my family and I were up there a couple weeks ago. And even though we've had all the rain that we've had here recently, it's been pretty dry up there. And so there wasn't a lot of water running over Bridal Vale Falls. Think about that. You know, some, there's times of abundance, there's times of scarcity, there's times when the water is just roaring and rushing, and there's times when it's just a trickle, how that's kind of like God's love, or how we maybe experience God's love. There's times when it, it feels abundant. I mean, like we're just soaking it in. We feel connected to God. Maybe it's through an experience that we've had on our own or with others or at church or on a retreat or mission trip and, and God's love is just spilling over, abundant, raining down, splashing over. Maybe we're experiencing a difficult time in our life. It's not all roses all the time, but maybe we're going through difficulty, but the way that the community surrounds us, the way that our friends share and show God's love for us and care for us, and we feel that abundance of God's love. But then if we're honest, there's other times too when it seems like it's not abundant. It's not raining down. It's kind of drying up. It's slowing to a trickle. We're not experiencing it. We're not connecting with it. We're not feeling it. We wonder, is God even there? Does God really love me? Does God really know me? Does God really, is God really concerned about me and what I'm dealing with? That dries up. There is a, uh, another formation that is there along the lake shore, and it's called Chapel Rock. As I mentioned, there's softer strata of rock underneath. There's harder layers above, and so as the, the wind and the rain and the water kind of wears away and weathers away the softer rock underneath, you get these mushroom-shaped rock formations and arches and things like that. 
And this is uh, what has formed over time at Chapel Rock. And you can see it on the back of, you know, how the quarters of the different states have kind of the postcard image of, of that state. This is the one on the Michigan quarter, at least one of the more recent quarters, has Chapel Rock on it. And let's take a, a closer look at this, and you'll see how this is just jutting up out of the water. It used to be connected by a bit of land, a rock bridge across there. But then over time, that weathered away and crumbled. But the roots that extended along that rock bridge remained. And so now there's this chasm, this emptiness, this space in between Chapel Rock and the, the mainland, but there's this root system that goes across it and is reaching over to the mainland and drawing from the nutrients and the water that's there and feeding this one solo, green, vibrant, growing tree that sits upon this pillar of rock. It's an incredible sight. The Apostle Paul, in this passage that was read from the 8th chapter of Romans, was talking about God's love, the abundance of God's love, but how God's love is there, no matter what, that nothing can separate us from that love. In verse 35, Paul asks rhetorically, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he answers his question. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and it's one that we often read at funerals. You know, that time where we are feeling the pain of separation. Death has separated us from this loved one, and we can't get to them. We can't bridge that gap how we wish we could, but there is this, this divide between life and death, between what was and what is? That separation is so real. And, and at that, those times in particular, sadly enough, but when there are unresolved issues within families, and let's face it, we all have got you know, some unresolved issues, right? Within our families, those, those issues and those difficulties, those challenges seem to be heightened with the heightened stress of that situation of losing a loved one. And that division can even increase for those people that are gathered together to mourn the loss of a loved one. 
that are experiencing loss of relationship, maybe even with each other. Or in that situation, they might be worried about their loved one's state. Where are they? Are they with God? Are, are, they, are they in God's presence? Have they been accepted by God? Or is there separation? We're, we're, we're smacked in the face with the reality of our own mortality and our thoughts go to maybe our own eternal future. And will we be loved? Will we be accepted? Are we, are we still connected? We wonder about that. The good news, Paul says, is that God's love is abundant. God's love is relentless. God's love is unstoppable. Nothing can get in the way of God's love for us in Christ Jesus. Neither height, nor depth, nor powers, nothing, nothing can get between God and us and his love for us. I am a child of God, we sang earlier. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say that I am. Though the ground has given way, God still has us tethered to his love. Though we feel this openness maybe of a, of a chasm between us, nonetheless we are still drawing upon his love. And he has reached out to us and continues to reach out to us. Whether we feel it or not, there is nothing that can separate us from the abundant love of God in Christ Jesus We talk about this, right? God's love for us. We, we say that to one another. We talk about it up here. Maybe we even believe it at times, but then if we're honest, there's got to be times where we don't know. We don't quite experience that. We don't quite trust that, perhaps. Feels like it's dwindled down to a trickle. We wonder if it's real. I am who you say that I am. I am a child of God. As we hear that promise, as, as we let that soak in, as that grace and that abundant love reign upon us, What, what happens in our lives? How, how does that abundant love spilling over and overflowing into our lives impact us and, and in turn flow through us and impact the world around us? If God's love is that abundant, it, it overflows through us into the lives of others. Bob Goff is such a person. God's love flows into his life and it flows out from his life in an incredible way. He just oozes the love of God. 
and he's a lawyer. When Bob was going to law school, when he was younger, he bought a used yellow truck from his dad. And as his dad was handing them the keys to that truck, he said to his son, Bob, Bob, you're going to want to change the oil. That's what we do as dads, right? We remind our kids maybe of the obvious, but, you know, we figure, hey, you're young, you're still learning, maybe you don't know this. You're going to want to change the oil, Bob. But Bob's dad knew, too, he knew Bob very well, and he knew that Bob had a tendency to overlook the mundane things of life, the things that, you know, we just don't, we don't necessarily want to do, but you have to do to kind of keep up with things, like changing the oil in the truck. You're going to want to change the oil, Bob. Well, Bob was stubborn. He didn't want to be told what he wanted to do, especially by his dad. And so he didn't change the oil. For over 100,000 miles, Bob didn't change the oil in the truck. It didn't bode well for the truck. Began having engine issues, as you can imagine, and not only that, but Bob didn't take care of other aspects of the upkeep of the truck as well. So other things were breaking or not working as they should, including the locks on the truck. And so he couldn't lock the truck. It was just always open. Bob graduated from law school, and as he began his career as a young lawyer, and he had a young family, he was a little bit cash-strapped. And so when the firm offered their employees a $200 per month stipend in order to pay for parking in the deck across the street from the office, Bob decided to pocket the money and instead park on the street about 20-minute walk away. And so that's what he did. He found the same space, same place, same place on the street, about a 20-minute walk, and would park his truck there every day. Now remember locks on the door don't work. So his truck was open on the street all day long. One day, Bob comes back to his truck after work. He sees somebody sitting in his truck. It's a homeless man. His shopping cart with all of his belongings parked there next to Bob's truck. And the man was sitting in the cab, hands at the 10 and the 2 position, Staring ahead as if he's driving. Bob goes up, knocks on the window. The man rolls down Bob's window and looks out at Bob and says, Can I give you a ride somewhere? Bob nonchalantly says, No, thank you. He opens the door. Man gets out. Bob gets in. Starts the truck, dries off. No yelling, no finger pointing, no, hey, what are you doing in my truck? Because he recognized, you know, this man just needs a warm and secure place to be for the day. And I need a place to park my truck. So Bob drove back the next day, parked in the exact same spot, 
comes back after work that day. Lo and behold, here's the guy. Ten and two, staring forward. Knock, knock, knock. Can I give you a ride? No, thank you. Guy gets out, Bob gets in, drives off. This continued day after day, week after week, for months. The same rhythm. One day, Bob was walking back. As he approached his truck, he didn't see his friend there. And he felt a little sad because he had looked forward to this brief but interesting exchange. And as he opened up the cab of the truck, he saw why. Inside the cab, it was trashed, garbage strewn around, beer bottles, pieces of the truck missing, broken. And the man was nowhere to be seen. In fact, he never saw him again. And Bob knew and he realized it wasn't the fear of retribution that was keeping him away. It had already been established. There's nothing going to happen to him. Bob said it was shame. It was shame that kept this man away. And he ponders how, how shame can keep us away from those safe places, those dry places, those secure places, that place where we can experience the unbounded, unbridled, overflowing presence of God's love in our life. It isn't that God has gone away. Sometimes it's shame that can keep us away from that. In Jesus' parable of the prodigal son, the troubled child takes advantage of his father, gets his inheritance, goes off and blows it on reckless living, and then is left destitute. And he feels ashamed. He feels shame about his actions, about what he's done, about how he's treated his father, and that keeps him away for a time until he finally comes to his senses and thinks to himself how much better it was in his father's presence. And that though he feels unworthy, maybe he can return and offer himself as a servant. And so he decides to go back to his father and apologize and offer himself as a servant. Not a son, but a servant. And as he's going back, what happens? The father's watching for him. You can imagine just how he's been longing for his son to come back home. And when he sees him, throws up his arms in the air and runs out to greet him and embraces him and welcomes him. No harsh words. No finger pointing. No, what did you do with my inheritance? What did you do with the money? None of that. Pure unadulterated, overflowing, unbounded, unbridled love 
and welcome. This is God's love for you and for me. And think about how that is impacting us and changing us and how it can continue to impact us and change us as we really feel, as we really soak in and as we really allow that love to flow through us. How that can then impact those around us and in turn impact our world. Bob Goff writes in his book, Everybody Always, You've probably messed up a couple times. Me too. Run back toward God, not away from Him. Find your way back to the people that you've loved and who have loved you. Figure out who you've broken your rhythm with. Don't let the misunderstanding decide your future. If you lost your way with God, let him close the distance between you and start the celebration again. We're all in the same truck, after all, when it comes to our need for love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Your love can be so encompassing, so overwhelming. And other times we don't feel that. Other times it can slow to a trickle. Other times we feel dry. We wonder where you are. We wonder why things are happening in our lives. We wonder where you are. Lord, help us to know, to remember, to feel that you always have us tethered to your love, that we are always drawing upon your love, that you are always feeding us with your love, that you are there. Lord, and may that that overflowing love not just fill us and not just remain in us, but may it flow through us, filling us those around us, impacting our world, spreading your love where there is hate, where there is misunderstanding, where there is mistrust. Lord, your love is so great, incredible. May we experience that May that change us and change the world. We pray in your name. Amen.